You're listening to Spice Radio, 1200 AM's The Morning Buzz. And recently, Oxfam released a report talking about how the 1% are responsible for a lot of the carbon emission. While we average folks are told to drive less and use paper straws, the rich and famous dump tons of greenhouse gases into the atmosphere without consequence. We talk about why you should care about celebrities' climate hypocrisy. We are now speaking to Jeevan Sangha, a popular culture columnist. Jeevan, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thanks for having me. All right. So I'm very excited to talk about this because climate seems to be in the news because of COP28 coming up. So, so many celebrities talk about how they really care about the climate. One classic example is Avatar director James Cameron. He warned of a future where the world is in shambles because of climate change and said he believes in eco-terrorism. Yet he owns an impressive private collection of motorcycles, cars, dirt bikes, a yacht, a helicopter, etc. You get where I'm going with this. So why do you think celebrities will say one thing about climate change, but don't actually follow through. I mean, I think a part of it has to do with the fact that celebrities are able to evade sort of accountability in a way that, you know, a normal person isn't. I mean, like, if you think about it, like, realistically, we can take to Twitter, we can take to social media and hold celebrities to account. But in reality, their lives are so far away from ours that it's really difficult for us to police what they do. Um, And it's also a matter of, like, why should they care what we think? But I think also, like, a big part of the conversation, too, is that celebrity as an idea, the life of a celebrity, doesn't often breed a really localized, climate-conscious lifestyle. Like, when we think about a lifestyle that's sensitive to the climate, we think about being mindful of how much we consume. A lot of the times that means, like, not participating in fast fashion and just in general choosing to consume less and consume more mindfully. And because of celebrities, um, widespread impact, a lot of the things that they have to pay for in order to, quote-unquote, protect their privacy um, ends up being things that have high emissions, you know, like flying in a private jet, for example, or um, having a huge house somewhere. Now, part of it, I think, is just, you know, being rich and famous and doing what you want to do with your rich and famous money, and part of it is, like, you know, they're kind of untouchable in a lot of ways. But I think there are some celebrities out there, like No Name, the rapper, She's a really good example of someone who, like, practices what she preaches. She takes whatever money that she makes. She pours it back into her community. She has a book club. She does all this work to, like, push social movements forward. So there are examples of people who do care. I think it's just about striking that balance. And I think the other celebrity that I love to talk about is actor Leonardo DiCaprio. He has been a very vocal celebrity on the issue of climate change. Back in 2016, he won an Oscar for the film The Revenant, and he highlighted the importance of the climate change issue and how we all have to pay attention to it. And I'm going to play a small clip of that speech. Here it is. Making The Revenant was about man's relationship to the natural world, a world that we collectively felt in 2015 as the hottest year in recorded history. Our production needed to move to the southern tip of this planet just to be able to find snow. Climate change is real. It is happening right now. It is the most urgent threat facing our entire species. And and we need to work collectively together and stop procrastinating. We need to support leaders around the world who who do not speak for the big polluters of the big corporations, but who speak for all of humanity, for the indigenous people of the world, for the billions and billions of underprivileged people who will be most affected by this, for our children's children, and for those people out there whose voices have been drowned out by the politics of greed. I thank you all for this amazing award tonight. Let us not take this planet for granted. 
I do not take tonight for granted. Thank you so very much. So there you go. A very powerful speech there by Leonardo DiCaprio. And in fact, after he gave that speech, he then went on to go and fly on his private jet and people called him out for that. But also, this was a very big platform. Do you think there is power in putting a message out there that potentially gets people involved in the issue? Um, absolutely. I think that there there is definitely power and there's something symbolic there about, you know, an affluent white male celebrity using his platform to amplify a conversation that impacts different communities in varying ways. Like we think about environmental justice and environmental justice in a lot of ways is, is highlighting how certain communities are disproportionately impacted by the climate crisis. So like people like indigenous folks, racialized folks, low-income folks, um, are disproportionately impacted by the harms of climate change and the climate crisis. So I think seeing that is really important. And, like, I mean, this, the clip that you played, he's very well spoken. He's obviously very knowledgeable. He's been entrenched in the climate change movement. But I also think, like, it's important coming from him especially. Like, I think about um, Marlon Brando um, years ago when he won Best Actor at the Oscars. He had Sashin Little Feather, who was an indigenous um, actress, come and, and talk about the issues of indigenous people. And she was booed off the stage, harassed, um, and her career was effectively ended. So I think it's important that people who are not from the communities that are affected do raise a, like awareness about the issue, but it can't stop there. It's got to be more than that. Definitely. And he's got to like stop flying private. That would help a little bit, Leo. But now I want to talk about another group of celebrities because they've recently been in the news as they always are. And one group is the Kardashians. They tend to be very silent on the climate change issue. And recently, Kim Kardashian promoted one of her new products, the nipple bra. People are calling this nipple gate. She used essentially the climate crisis, but it completely backfired. And I'm going to play a clip for those who haven't heard the promotions for it. So here it is. The sea levels are rising, the ice sheets are shrinking, and I'm not a scientist. But I do believe everyone can use their skill set to do their part. That's why I'm introducing a brand new bra with a built-in nipple. So no matter how hot it is, you'll always look cold. All right, so that was from Kim Kardashian's promo of the nipple bra. And actually, Greenpeace had accused Kim Kardashian of using the climate crisis as a punchline. And the fact they said it's very problematic when people like Kim have this big platform and they kind of make a joke of it. So, Jimin, what do you make of that? I mean, you know, there's the part of me that loves pop culture who thinks that this is hilarious. Like, I think it's just such a troll move by the Kardashians who are always kind of like, a step ahead when it comes to like trends and then there's the critical side of me that is like well of course the kardashians are doing this they're you know taking this this issue that's of like a public justified public panic um and like crisis and is using it to drive their own capital like this is what the kardashians do they take the stuff that's happening in the world and they use it to build profit and build capital because at the end of the day they're capitalists like even if you look, if you watch the Kardashians, you see how um, how much product placement, how they're selling this brand and this lifestyle of Kardashians that they're then going to like quite literally try and sell to you through Skims, through Kylie, Kylie Cosmetics, through um, Poosh. Um, so it's it's really not surprising to me that they're they're taking the climate crisis and using it as a way to build out a product. It's it's funny, it's silly, it's tongue in cheek, 
Um, but I think it's important for us to really think deeply about the kind of language that is used um, when people are trying to sell us stuff. That's so true. And then I want to, you know, and the Kardashians, right, so much of their fame is being on social media. And we were talking about how social media has now become this spot where people are calling out celebrities, you know, for not practicing what they preach when it comes to the issue of climate change. So what role does social media play in all of this? Yeah, like, you know, I think social media is is a useful tool. It helps to engage with these topics in a really accessible way. Um, and we have like a really reactive culture right now. You know, we see something, we react to it. It gets really hot for like three days and then it's gone. Um, so it's good that we're being critical. I think it's like a net positive that we're being critical, but these like kind of flare ups and then like fading away, um, is only like a blip in time. It's only like a moment in time. It has really little to do, I think, with like sustaining the movement long term, unless you're like actively involved, um, and you're actively reading up on what's happening. So I think it's like, I think with social media, it's like an essential tool. We see what's happening right now in Palestine, and it's a clear like, example of how social media is an essential part of raising awareness and, and getting people involved in collective action. And I think we've seen, you know, with some of the petitions that have been coming through in Canada, collective action does work, um, and we have to try to commit to it where we can. Um, so I think that like social media does play a big part in it, whether that's for the climate crisis or whether that's for, you know, bigger issues that are happening in the world. Um, but it's just one part. It's just one piece of the puzzle. And I think, you know, trying to broaden our collective action in different ways is really useful. And that means, you know, like focusing our attention on things that are happening, reading up on it, going to protests, signing petitions, talking to the people in your life about it. You know, all this is helpful really engaging with the issue at hand. And I think another group that I would like to talk about, too, is the role of journalists, especially, because the fact is celebrities and public figures are given platforms very easily. Do you think it's up to especially the journalists, those who work in the media, to hold them accountable as well? Yeah, I think so. I think that journalists play an essential role in all of this. Um, And I mean, like, you know, as a journalist, Journalists are kind of positioned in society as these arbiters of the truth. We are told that we get to speak truth to power, um, but it's also important to be critical of media structures. Like the way media is set up right now is inherently flawed. Um, and, and unfortunately, what we're seeing right now more than ever, at least in my experience as a really young journalist in this space, is that this idea that like, we're supposed to speak to truth to power and be fearless against these like big evil institutions um, is essential to the work that we do. But I'm realizing more and more that a lot of journalists don't do that and actually don't have an interest in doing that. And it's really disillusioning and, and, and disappointing. Um, and so I think it's important to be critical of journalists. I think it's important to be critical of the publications that employ those journalists and make sure they're giving them the resources to be able to tell the stories the way that they should be told. Um, That is, you know, with care and with um, respect for different communities. Um, And I think that's important when it comes to climate as well. And that's why I think it's important for us to step further than, you know, simply the conversation of climate denying. Like, I think we see someone like Leo who does a lot of his work, which is, how can we just get people to believe that the climate crisis is happening, which is important. There are so many climate deniers out there. I mean, that's a big premise of his film, Don't Look Up, which was co-starring with Meryl Streep and a bunch of other, like, A-listers. And it, the whole thing was, like, 
you know, the world is telling you not to look up. There's a climate crisis coming. There's a meteor coming towards Earth, which was a metaphor for the climate crisis. Don't look up. And then the scientists are all saying you have to look up because something's going to happen. And that was basically the whole thing, which is cool. It's great. That's an important part of the conversation. But how do we go further than that? How do we actually equip communities with their rights to be able to, you know, govern their own land and care for their own land? Um, what does that mean? What does that look like in practice? I think those conversations still need to be happening. For sure. And I know you kind of answered this a little bit earlier, Jeevan, but we do have to ask ourselves, too, what part do we play in all of this? Yeah, we play, like, a huge part. I mean, I think that, I think it's 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 hard. These movements and these institutions and these structures can feel so big that we feel lost in it all and we feel like we don't have any power over anything. And that's valid. Like, there are times when I wake up and I'm like, what's the point? Like, we all are trying so hard to make something happen and it's just not happening. Um, but I, I think that there is power in our individual actions, and I think that that permeates into our communities. So when we care about something and we tell the people around us to care, um, even I took a, I remember in my undergrad, I took a environmental sociology class, and we talked about how you're so much more likely to influence the actions of another person if they're just your friend than a stranger. So even you, you know, choosing to go to a protest means that someone in your life is five times more likely to go to a protest or five times more likely to post or five times more likely to care about the things you care about just by virtue of knowing them, um, of them knowing you, sorry. So, you know, I think that we do play a big role and I'm a firm, I'm a firm believer that our individual actions and our collective actions have immense power. Um, it's easy to lose faith in that, but I think that we have to stay strong in it. Jeevan, always a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much. You take care. Take care. Thank you. Thank you.